Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay's Keepers Podcast. This is episode number 251, dedicated to a man who on July 13th, 1934, this New York Yankee hit his 700th home run. Mr. Babe Ruth. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we'll talk a little bit about conference realignment in college football and why we should not be surprised that it is here. And with this being the first solo show that I have done on this podcast in about two months, I got to get something off my chest. But first, let's take a little journey to Cleveland, Ohio. Deshaun Watson comes in, $230 million guaranteed. You have a disgruntled quarterback. You bring in Jacoby Brissett, and now that disgruntled quarterback is now in Carolina to be QB1 for the Panthers. Imagine what it's like to be a Cleveland Browns football fan. Many people, their entire lives have been filled of disaster or just unfortunate situations where the Browns just aren't that good. You get Baker Mayfield, get to the playoffs, get a little hype around you. You think, oh, we can build off Baker. He's not not the best quarterback. We can build off Baker. Then all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson, we all knew he was available. But you guys say, despite everything going on with Deshaun Watson, we're going to bring him in. Okay, cool. Bring him in. And the next thing you know, <laughs> y'all open up that bag and say, hey, Deshaun, you want to get paid? We'll pay you, baby. All you got to do is show up and, well, sign this line. We will give you all the money. We're going to back up two Brink trucks, not just one. One ain't going to hold all the money we're going to give you. We're going to pack up two Brinks trucks just for you. Because, man, we believe you are going to be QB1 in Cleveland for a long time, and you can take us to places that people have not taken us in a really long time. Man, Deshaun Watson, I thought, was going to be suspended. It looked like he was going to be suspended. He probably should be suspended, according to some people. And then all of a sudden, mm, He might not be suspended, or it might not be an indefinite suspension, or it might not be a year-long suspension. Do you see where I'm going? A bunch of confusion. Baker's gone. I could have done a whole thing about Baker, um, just discussing him in Carolina. But being a Browns fan has to be tough, man. I mean, one of my good friends is a Browns fan, and I get to read via text messages and sometimes via phone call some of the here here can't you can't read a phone call that'd be kind of weird i get to hear some of the things that she says while watching browns games and a lot of it's not the best now granted i gotta give the browns some credit they have found a way to make some put a good roster together and put some talent out there and even open up they didn't they didn't just pay Deshaun Watson. They also paid Denzel Ward, gave that man a bag, got a hundred million of himself his himself. He's a cornerback getting a hundred million dollars. That boy is cold. They have talent. But for some reason, those making hires mess things up. Those in the field happen to just mess things up. Things are just really, really confusing. Now, to Baker's defense or to the Browns fans' defense. People believe Baker was going to be better, better than what Baker was. That was that was the belief. He was not. There was a uh, ruffle feathers. They kind of did him dirty. He's in Carolina now. Now he can 
it's not the best situation in Carolina. Doesn't have the doesn't have all the best talent. Does have Christian McCaffrey. I will tell you this: if CMC is healthy, Christian McCaffrey. If CMC is healthy, Baker might take the Panthers to places they that they didn't expect to be this year. And so I'm really curious to see how Baker does in Carolina. If Christian McCaffrey is healthy, that team might turn some heads. Well, I won't say turn some heads. And turn some heads and win more games than expected. But being a Browns fan has to be tough, man. I mean, I, I'm a fan of some teams. Pacers, my goodness. that's That's been tough for a short stint, but not my entire lifetime. Not my entire fandom of being a Pacers fan hasn't been tough. Has it been difficult? No, sir, re Bob, it has not been that. But for many Browns fans, their entire life has just been bad. Really, really bad. And as soon as they thought things were going to get better, they know who QB1 is supposed to be. Will he be QB1 during week one? Will it be during week eight when he plays his first game? Or will it be next year during the 2023 season that Deshaun Watson takes his first snaps for the Cleveland Browns? They don't know. We don't know. He don't know. The league don't know. Don't nobody know what's going to be happening with Deshaun Watson. Hey, y'all. And your boy feels bad. Your boy feels bad for the Browns fans because they don't deserve this. Those are good people that are in an unfortunate situation because they're Browns fans. Their fandom is tied up there. A lot of them living in Northeast Ohio. I feel sorry for y'all. It's quite comical looking at this for me. Well, yeah, there's other things going on in my fandom that might be a little unfortunate, but nothing, no team I'm a fan of has ever, ever, ever had a stretch this bad, this atrocious, and been this confusing while making decisions about the football team. Bronze fans, I feel for you because y'all don't deserve this. Let's go ahead and take a trip, well, to the state of California. We're going to start in L.A., go around the country, because conference realignment is here once again. It was started last year. We're going to keep seeing it. But we shouldn't be surprised by this. This has been going on for decades. Many of us here are looking forward to the start of the 2022 college football season. Alabama is supposed to be good. The Ohio State Buckeyes are supposed to be good. Clemson, DJU, DJ Ui Ungalale. Heard it, heard he dropped 20 pounds. He's supposed to be better. Georgia, will they repeat? I mean, Notre Dame, can Notre Dame be, remain an independent and then get to the playoffs this year? These are things that are on the table this year. And I'm excited for the college football season. But as we're right now in this period of time where they say we don't have things to talk about, please, please, please. Well, not this offseason. Your boy has some stuff to talk about. I just had, just had a little solo stint that has been gone away. Took a week off for my birthday. Took the week of the fourth off. Never taken two weeks off of this podcast, but here we are once again. And conference realignment is here once again. While I was away, USC, UCLA said, hey, y'all, we're going to be ditching the Pac-12, formerly the Pac-10, and going to join up with our, say it, brethren in the Big Ten. Okay, okay, make it a big move. People were surprised by this. But if you go back and look at your college football history and see what's been going on from the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s, 2010s till today, you should not be surprised by conference realignment and by teams that are college football powers or major brands in the sport deciding to make some changes. 
Think about this. There was a time in history, college football history, that Florida State, Miami, and Penn State were all independents. And you know what? They were better off being independents at that time versus being in a conference. What happened? The way, the time that they started to try to initiate and institute a true national championship game in college football was in the 90s. That's when teams decided, hey, it's probably better for me to be a part of a conference to get to the national championship game and to be a true or somewhat of a true national champion in the 2000s and even in the 90s than it would be for me to be an independent. What happens when you join a conference? Two major things. I'll get you, I'll get to Notre Dame here in a second. But two major things happen when you join a conference. More money, you get more money. Ultimately, that's a big goal right now. You want to make more money. But the number two is of scheduling. And so in a time period when people try to put a cluster of conferences, the Southwest Conference, um, I think the SEC was around back then. You had the, you had a few conferences that said, hey, we are going to formulate this thing and we are going to say, Whoever's in these conferences, the top two teams that are ranked in these conferences, those teams will play for the national championship. Now, back then in the 90s, Bowl Coalition and Bowl Alliance, you've heard me say that numerous times when I talk about college football. Back at that time, if you were part of the Pac-10 or the Big Ten, you played in the Rose Bowl, and the Rose Bowl said, hey, we're not moving the date of our game, and we're not letting these two team conferences get out of their contract. So the winner of the Big Ten, winner of the Pac-10, went to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, and said, hey, okay, you guys are going to play for the game, but you guys are not going to be up to win the national championship. In comes the BCS. What do you see? More conference realignment. When did Miami go from the Big East, which was the first conference they joined, to go to the ACC in 2003? Now, granted, it was due to it was due to the Big East folding. I believe the Big East folded at that time. My timeline might be off. But they said, hey, how about we go to the ACC? It's a better chance for us to be playing better competition and to have a chance to play for a national championship. Now, remember, Miami at this time, I don't know why Miami came up into my mind. I could have fit on Penn State, who hasn't really been much of what they were under Joe Pa. Um before joining the, the Big Ten. And then I could have also done Florida State. Florida State in the early 2000s, um, 99, 2000, they were in the national championship game. I think they won, in, I believe they won in 99. Yeah, they played Virginia Tech. Uh, I believe the Seminoles won in 99. They won again in 2013. That was also under Jimbo Fisher. So they're one of the rare teams that has changed conferences, left the independent ranks, and still been able to win national championships multiple since doing so most schools don't and in Miami's case they had a phenomenal run under Ken Dorsey they had all these first round NFL draft picks but then what happened they ended up going to the ACC in 2003 this was also around the same time that the BCS said hey we're not just going to have one B we're going to change things up and we're going to add more BCS bowl games and um it changed up the scheduling, and it really fit very well. I mean, January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, going into the 4th, that was prime time college football postseason play, not just because of the time of the year, but also because of the teams you're playing, and also simply because maybe 
start the New Year's off with the Rose Bowl, have three more, two more days in a row of high-caliber college football, and then the natty the next day? Baby, your boy was here for it. Your boy loved it. But then what happened? Miami goes to the ACC. And Miami going to the ACC, Miami has only won, had one double-digit double win season since joining the ACC. Now, you say, Jay, they've kind of fell off. Yes, they have fallen off. Is because of bad hiring of coaches? Absolutely. Is because of a culture that's not what it used to be? Absolutely. But they fell off. And when it comes to Notre Dame, I, I say all that, and I keep going back to this, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten, I ultimately think it gives them a bigger shot, a better chance at winning the national championship and getting in the national championship game. But when it comes to Notre Dame, and that's a big conversation, a big talking point right now, should the Irish join a conference? Should they not join a conference? I will simply tell you this. I don't care what they do. Because I told you there's two things that happen when you join a conference. One, you want to make more money. Ultimately, it's a money grab. But number two, ease of scheduling. Notre Dame has had no problem scheduling at all. They have not. They do play five ACC games right now. They have one of the tougher schedules in the, in the country. When you think about all the schools out there, those in conferences, those are, that are still independent, those schools out there that are independent, they have tough schedules. Notre Dame has a tough schedule, even playing five ACC schools, even to the point where many people believe, like I do, that the ACC is a weaker conference compared to the Big Ten and the SEC. Is it stronger than the Big 12? That's to be determined. This is, that's a, um, this is a subjective type of argument or discussion. So may, you, you may say yes, I may say no, or vice versa. It's definitely a subjective thing. But Notre Dame going to a conference. I think they might do it eventually. Why? Because all most of the all the other powers that were once independent, they are now, now joined a conference. Like I told you previously, if you want to go back into the history of college football, Florida State, Miami, and Penn State, as much as you might say Penn State is nothing, Joe Paterno was a dog, and man, he could coach. Those boys were amazing, and they always had excellent, excellent line backer play conference here alignment shouldn't shouldn't shock anybody if you look at any history of college football it's been here for a while it's not going to stop now i do expect that at some point notre dame does join the big 10 the notre dame gets off their high horse and says okay well we've been independent for a very long time how about we join a conference so be it and then the and then the big 10 is like we well, we've said no for a long time as well there have been some internal issues how about we just allow you to come in so i do think both sides will come to a head the big deciding thing is the nbc contract from that NBC has with NB with Notre Dame, do they get to keep it? I would ultimately, if I'm the Big Ten, say absolutely. Absolutely. Notre Dame hosting Ohio State on NBC, money grab. Notre Dame hosting Michigan. Former rivals, well, they're still rivals, they just don't play every year. Playing in playing in Notre Dame and South in Indiana. Absolutely. Get that on NBC. That's more money for the teams that are playing Notre Dame. And ultimately. It's just more. It's it's just great for television. I think NBC, just like CBS, should have a deal. May it be with a team or a conference at some point. So I do think NBC will do everything they can to keep that contract with the Fighting Irish that I do believe started 
during the 1993 maybe 1994 season one of the two my memory is a little fuzzy right now so my year might be off a conference realignment shouldn't shock anybody that what shocked me was usc and ucla joining the big 10 but as i look at the landscape of college football number college athletics not just football but college athletics nebraska going to the big 10 was weird to me it's still weird to me. They still feel more like a Big 12 team. And I think, honestly, they'd be better in the Big 12. They would have a better record, a better team in the Big 12 if they were still there. Missouri in the SEC, you're adding numbers. Rutgers in the Big 10. Maryland for in the Big 10. You're not only adding numbers as far as, like, numbers of schools in your conference, but you're also adding a TV market, New York, Jersey, D.C., that whole area, now you're adding in L.A., you already got Chicago. What's next, Miami? What's next, Atlanta? Are you just trying to be the conference that has all of the top elite TV markets? If that's what you want, it can happen. But, guys, let me tell you this. Making moves for money might come back to bite you at some point in time, and I don't know if, when, or what will happen, but... This seems a little weird to me. This seems a little weird. This is weird, man. This is weird. I never thought I would say USC, UCLA is in the Big Ten. I never thought I would see a Cincinnati, a BYU in the Big 12. Never thought I would see that. But this is the world where we are in. This is the landscape of college football. It is changing. I will not be somebody that's going to come up here and say, oh, we're going to have the the AFC and NFC. One thing I would tell you with this, and I will close up shop with this little thought. College football historically has been a regional sport. Now, excuse me, college, let's try this again. College football. Many people fall in love with it because of their region of the country. Many people fall in love with it because in their local area, there is a hotbed, there is a belief, and there is a love for a sport and a team that supersedes a lot of things in that individual's life or this group of people's lives. And what happens? Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Down there in Auburn, Alabama. Uh, Tallahassee, Florida. Miami, Florida. Get, have you ever been to Gainesville, Florida? It ain't much there. What do they have? The Florida Gators. Columbus, Ohio. Los Angeles, California, you may say, Jay, that's not really a big hotbed for college football, but there are a lot of Bruin and Trojans fans right there in that area. What about Pullman? What about Seattle? I mean, these are some names you may know about. What about these places? What about Norman? What about Lincoln, Nebraska? What about these places? These places in their local area fall in love with a sport and with a team, and they ride the highs and the lows of the team every single year. There is a belief by some that college football will be a form of the NFL, AFC, NFC. But listen to this. Inside the AFC and NFC, you still have regional football. You have the AFC North, South, you have regional football, East and West. And NFC, the same thing. You have regions. You have football that is, yes, it is a conference, but inside said conferences, 
you have regions, you have divisions. Now, granted, some don't make sense, like the Colts playing the Jacksonville Jaguars twice a year, being in the same division. The Indianapolis Colts in the Midwest are in the AFC South. Make it make sense. But that's what you have here. This is what you have. Yes, two conferences, but the regional aspect has not gone away in the NFL. The AFC North plays a brand of football that I love. In the other divisions, there's a brand of football there as well. Hey, people say the regional the regional aspect and the geographic way that people are gravitated towards college football is going away. <laughs> you guys are crazy. No, no, no. I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly, what, what do I think? Even if we have two conferences, the regional aspect, the geographic regions of college football, they'll find their way back into the sport because it makes sense. Oh, joining a conference, there's two things. One, make more money. Number two, you another reason to join a conference, ease of scheduling. If you have two conferences, the way to make scheduling easier is to have divisions that are geographically made up. It makes sense to a lot of people. It makes sense to me. You know what? College football, conference realignment, we haven't seen the end of it. We haven't. I know the SEC says they're going to stick at 16 teams. Look, if Clemson and Florida State want to join your conference, you're going to say, forget what we just said. Come on now. Come on down. You're the next contestant. or No, you're the next teams, the next schools to join the Southeastern Conference because it just means more. Guys, you can tell I've been away for a long time. I have missed you. College football is almost here. We're going to do a lot of fun things on this podcast to get you ready for the college football season. So at the top of the show, I mentioned that I had some stuff I needed to get off my chest. And I don't normally do this, but I've been watching the socials a lot. I have been talking to people, close friends, People I've known for a very long time. Some people I've known since I was in school. And we all have something in common about what's going on in our country. We don't like it. Now, you may say, Jay, is this an inflation conversation? Absolutely not. I'm not talking about the percentages of inflation, even though it's outrageous. I ain't talking about gas prices. I don't like, we don't, we, <laughs> the people I'm talking about, we don't like that either. The price of food at the grocery store, we don't like that either. But we have talked a lot. Me and my friends have talked a lot about why y'all so mad. Why in the world do people think the best thing to do in a dispute or during a an argument is to pop off at the mouth. Why do people think that the best thing to do when they get mad, when they don't like what's going on, is to pull out a gun and shoot somebody? What is going on? We can't even celebrate the 4th of July. We can't even sit during sit down during a parade. We can't do a lot of things we do to have fun without somebody setting up shop and saying, I got this target. I got y'all. What's going to happen next? Pop, pop, pop. They are gone. This ain't right. This ain't right at all. I don't know about you. This was not the America I plan on living in in my 30s, in my 40s, in my 50s. Haven't got to my 40s yet, or my 50s yet. I'm in my 30s. This is not the America I plan on living in in my 30s. No, it's not. Why y'all so mad? 
I was recently thinking about what's going on in our country in a recent, or not so recent, but a sketch, a skit that Sajid the Entertainer said during the original Kings of Comedy popped into my mind. And I like Cedric the Entertainer. I think it's very, very funny. I've watched numerous of his TV shows when he was on the Steve Harvey show to the shows he has had recently, uh, The Neighborhood and The Soul Man, uh, more recent shows, the, pet, the most recent two that I just mentioned. But Cedric the, Cedric the Entertainer is funny. Very funny. Not my funniest, not my favorite comedian. I don't think he's the funniest person in the world, but he is very, very funny. During the original Kings of Comedy, he did a little segment about being a black, having a black president. This was in the early 2000s. And so you say, Jay, we've had a black president. Well, this is way before Barack Obama got elected president. And during this little moment, he was talking about how a black president would react to the Monica Lewinsky situation. Not going to revisit it. Many of y'all know exactly what I am talking about. The president involved was Mr. Bill Clinton. And so he was going on and discussing and saying, like, we're in a press conference and all of a sudden somebody, um, one, of, one, of, one of the reporters comes up and says, tell us about Monica Lewinsky. And he's like, if you want to say that in front of my wife, dog, he starts going off. You know how black people get. Like, I know how I get. I know how black people get when we get a little uneasy, a little upset. Then the next thing he said towards the end was, why you always fight like Anthony Mason? And I lost it. I absolutely lost it. But you know what? If you don't know the Anthony Mason connection, Google it. Go to YouTube. Anthony Mason fight. Anthony Mason upset. You'll completely understand why during this time, that connection made sense. You know what doesn't make sense to me? The way people are acting. You know what doesn't make sense to me? The way people react. When they don't like what's happening right in front of them or like what's happening to somebody else or like what's happening in their life, it does not matter. This country is having issues. You can say whatever you want about the White House. You can say whatever you want about politics. You can say whatever you want about different things. But blame shifting and dodging the conversation is wrong. Something needs to change. This country, the issues a country has with people that don't know how to even talk to people, don't know how to react to people, don't know how to act and react when things don't go their way, something needs to change. I'm going to close up with this. Maybe another little rant here, but y'all have been gone for a long time. I had to get this off my chest. America. You may live in America. You may not live in America, but you have seen. No matter where you are in the world, you have seen this country change drastically. Regardless of politicians, regardless of politics, regardless of anything else that's happened, you have seen this country change. You have seen people be so quick to pop off at the mouth, be so quick to be mad, be so quick to pull out the gun, be so quick to start a fight. I recently saw a video of somebody at a McDonald's, some type of dispute. Now, I don't know exactly what happened, but the next thing I know, the person, excuse me, I don't know what caused it, but the next thing I know, the person that was mad, that didn't get their way, the customer 
climbed over the counter and went back to fight somebody. The next thing I know, the employee gets out some metal rod, probably uses it for the fryer, and starts beating the dude who is back there trying to fight him. People said stop. People tried to hold him back. Homie said no and kept on beating him. Why are we so mad? Y'all, do you realize how easy it is to be nice to people? Do you realize how easy it is to smile at somebody? Do you realize how easy it is to simply use your attitude? Don't let it change when things go wrong. Be nice to people and see what happens. See the change that can happen in the world. I remember in 2020, right here on this podcast, I had my guy Jeff Hunt, my guy Chris LeBron. I had my cousin Arnetta Scruggs. So on the podcast, we had a Be the Change series. Things going were going on in our country. People didn't like it. And you know what I said? If you want change, you have to be the change. Many of us need to be the change we want to see in our country. Now, you may say, Jay, be the change. I'm not going to shoot anybody. I'm not going to pop off at the mouth. I'm not going to get a rod and beat somebody at a McDonald's. Okay, that's you. But you know what you can do? Smile. You know what you can do? Shake somebody's hand. Tell them, have a good day. I hope you have a good day. I hope things go well for you. Be nice to people. You know, it's free to be nice. It's easy to smile. It's easy to help people. It's easy to slightly go out. Actually, it's easier to go way out of your way for some people. But it's easy to do a lot of things to help people have a better day and to help this country be a better country. You never know how one small gesture to somebody can change their day can change their moment, can change how they look at themselves, change how they look at life. Sometimes the smallest gestures go a long way and are a big impact on people's lives. And if we want to be the change in America, if we want to be the change to fix what's wrong with people and how we react to people, how we treat the people, we need to be the change. This country is a mess right now with the way we treat each other. It's not right. It's not right at all. It's really annoying when I am getting videos sent to me about things happening at sporting events, things happening at restaurants, people doing things that just make them look silly and they're embarrassing themselves. But they say, no, I am justified to do this thing. Why? Because I didn't get my way. You have lost your mind. Come on, guys. Come. We need to be the change. You can do it. I can do it. Collectively, we can be the change to help this country, to help the people in the United States of America treat each other better. I had no idea where that came from. That was not planned at all, but you guys got it for free. I am so glad to be back here solo. Don't worry. We're still going to have a couple guests later on this month. Be a boy being back solo starting in August. Have a couple guests on in August, but then once football starts, your boy is going to have a lot to say thank you for listening to the Jay Stevens podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also send all of your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. This has been episode 251 of the Jay Stevens podcast. I will see you next time.